Amen. Let's open our Bibles, please, to Ezekiel chapter 1. And we're going to read uh, verses uh, 1 through 5 to begin with. Ezekiel chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. We're still talking about the fire, uh, strange fire, fire from God, and the fire of God. And uh, so I love that verse, let us show ourselves valiantly, and the Lord will do that which is right in His sight. It's, you know, we say it all the time, we need to fire up. While I was musing, the fire burned. When you think deeply and meditate. All right, Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1. Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Chebar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiachin's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Chebar, and the uh, hand of the Lord was there upon him. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it. And out of the midst thereof, as the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire. Also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. So we're going to look at this. Um, notice he saw visions of God. So if you want to know what God looks like, this is what God looks like. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't like God if they met him. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't know God if he walked in the room. Um, so the Bible says Jesus is on the outside of his church in the last days of Laodicea knocking. Uh, if any man will let him in, he will come in, sup with them, he with them, and fellowship with them. So we're talking about this fire of God how to recognize it, and the origin and the character and the nature that it is eternal in nature, it needs no fuel. So regular fire has to be fuel. You have to put wood on the fire, has to have something to grow towards. The fire of God enfolds itself. That's how powerful and eternal that it is. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the study. We yield your spirit. We pray that he would lead and guide us as to what to say and how to say it. That we could understand uh, that which is uh, not understandable. The, the love that passeth knowledge and the visions of God that we could relate and understand and know the doctrine by doing thy will and that we could uh, see how this applies spiritually to to our life we pray that your spirit would do all the work and once again we yield to him for power and fire and we ask these things in jesus name uh, to begin with i'm going to give you just a very brief review 
of what we talked about last few weeks, specifically last week. But the sons of uh, the high priest, they took it upon themselves to get strange fire. They brought it to the Lord. From the Lord went out a fire, burnt them and killed them. They carried them out in their coats. So this fire did not burn up their clothes. It burnt them. Very significant. We don't have time to talk about the details of that. But they were commanded by God in the law to take the fire, the embers, if you will, embers from the brazen altar, which is the altar of sacrifice to God, and then take that in the censer, and you've seen it, it's like a little incense burner with chains, and they can swing it to cause oxygen flow. It smokes. They go over to the altar of incense, and they keep that incense burning continually. This was directly in front of the holy place. So the veil between that uh, kept every man out except the high priest on one day a year, the Day of Atonement. He would go into the Holy of Holies and then he would make atonement for the sins of the people and the sins of the priests. So the uh, Nadab and Abihu, they took it upon themselves to presume. So this is the sin of presumption. David prayed, keep me from presumptuous sins. That means that we just take it upon ourselves to be casual. We don't have to be technical, biblical, and that we can just do it our way. God said the fire had to be from the brazen altar. It's really not that significant. Fire is fire. We can get it some other place. So they did this. They presumed God killed them. So the fire that we're looking at, the origin of the spirit or the energy of our life. And so in Romans 1.9, Paul said, I serve God with my spirit. Little s. Not the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, the spirit by which we live our life, the, uh, the attitude, the initiative, the ambition, the energy that in which we live. We have the consciousness when we're awake, which means to know you're aware of it. But then whatever you intake, you subject yourself to willingly or unwillingly, knowingly or unknowingly this becomes a part of your deeper subconscious and so david prayed once again uh forgive me of my secret sins so when you confess your sin you have things consciously you know you've committed against god but there's deeper things that you have to be made aware of through conviction examination confession repentance that we have committed we don't even know we did it so this is so important because god expects us to have the right type of fire so we looked at jeremiah 17 9 the heart is deceitful above all things desperately wicked who can know it so god searches us and tries our reins and then our ways and the fruit of our ways will be revealed 
and we looked at the sharp two-edged sword it pierces even to the dividing asunder and you have the soul and the spirit the joints and the marrow and the thoughts and the intents of the heart so your mind spirit and your spirit a little less that you make decisions you think rationally and logically and then you live your life by this energy which god allowed us to have john 6 63 the word of god he said the words i speak unto you they are spirit and they are life so that the fire of the sword of the word of god is a spirit so the written word will never contradict the holy spirit and therefore we can know the fire of god because it will always harmonize with the written word of god that's very important so god wants us to have the right fire now when ezekiel he's sitting with the captives in babylon by the river chebar god allows him to have visions of god now i realize this is a little bit mysterious i realize to most baptists it's unheard of or almost unthinkable it would almost be uh, sacrilegious god's own word to a lot of people because they put on blinders and they only want to see this uh, but the reality is there the, the word of god is very plain and simple uh, the cherubims are a type of a serpent really a feathery flying serpent that take coals and i can show you this in isaiah 6 uh, we may get to that later their ministry is to apply the forgiveness at the brazen altar to take the coals at that altar and to apply them so that the blood of christ becomes effective efficacious and these are flying serpents you know the bible says there are most baptists wouldn't believe this uh they don't think about it but there's flying serpents and it says they breathe fire you know look it up they can belch i call it belch fire uh you know when you preach you want to belch fire uh something not just hot air coming out of there you you want some fire and uh like you know abraham lincoln said when i hear a man preach i want to see somebody who's as if he's fighting bees you know if you've ever seen billy sunday preach you know you know isaiah he said lift up thy voice like a trumpet slap your thigh uh have some demonstration but it's basically the spirit by which you send the line out of the word of god so we're going to look at this in more in detail in a few minutes but just give you a couple precepts so a precept is a foundational doctrine that must be laid that precedes other coming doctrine and you can't understand the the forthcoming doctrine without laying the foundation of the precept so it says line upon line parallel line precept upon precept so number one and most people don't like this but god is fire 
He's fire. He's not some loving man in a rocking chair, you know, looking the other way that, you know, things didn't turn out good for you, so he'll change to so you'll feel better about yourself. He is a consuming fire, and he is immutable. He said, I, the Lord, change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is impossible for God to lie. Right. And he is a fire. So Hebrews 12, 29, our God is a consuming fire. Right. If, if most people, church-going, professing Bible believers, if you gave them a questionnaire, describe God, they'd probably say God is love. You know, and he is love, according to 1 John 4, 7 and 8, I believe it. He is love. And, and it's impossible to be loved unless God is loving through uh, someone or for you to love someone. But his, his main characteristic is holiness. So he is called in Isaiah 30, the Holy One of Israel. He cannot be in the presence of sin. He cannot be tempted with sin. He tempteth no man to sin. And at the judgment, he will cast it far, far from his presence. So God is fire. And fire is a type of spirit, and it brings power. Now, when God shows up in this vision, if you could just imagine this flame traveling and it's the flames aren't licking up needing fuel the flames go out and then they come in out and then they come in it's it's enfolding itself inside this flame is the creatures and god his throne is on top of these creatures and it gives us the description of what God is like, therefore what heaven is like. You know, I, love, I hope we can sing that song. Just think of waking up on, on shore, finding it heaven. Uh, most Baptists wouldn't like it. They'd be shocked what it looks like, what God is. It's, he's a, he is a awesome, that word, he's a terrible God, terrible. He is a dreadful, the Bible calls him. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. So you ought to know what he is, what he looks like. Where is his throne? So God is fire. Number two, when you come to Christ, it says in Matthew 3, 11 and 12, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Right. Now, this fire is the power of God if you're saved, but you will be tried by fire and think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you because God is a purifying God. Right. Anyone who approaches him will be purified. And in order to be purified, you got to get in the fire and it's going to be hot and it's not going to be pleasant. Uh, and, but the dross will be burned away. 
And, you know, the song, I shall come forth as pure gold. So when you get saved, you get the baptism of, and, and we can show you this, but in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, the new church, the church age started. Cloven tongues of fire sat upon them, and they spake with tongues. And every Jew there heard the truth in their own language. So it was not some... Uh, you know, some language that they could not discern. It would, they, could hear the, they could hear the Word of God in their own language. So whenever you have truth, somebody's going to tell a lie, and there's going to be false teaching. And so then they'll turn it into, you need a second baptism, the Pentecostals and the Charismatics say, to preach, to speak in tongues, or you're not saved because you don't have the evidence of spirit baptism. But if you know dispensational truth, we don't have time to go into that. It doesn't even apply to us. We're right. Gentiles. That was to Jews in that time. So, you know, they'll start things like uh, Tama Bota. You know, I can't roll. I wish I could roll my R. Araba, Araba, Araba Shanda, uh, Mahanda, Shudabata Kawasaki, my Suzuki, fouled a plug. Should have bought a, what's that other one? Not a K&M. And that other one. Husqvarna, the other way. But, uh, you know, they make this stuff up, and then they think they're spiritual. But you get baptized with what? One time, according to Ephesians 4, the water baptism of the ordinance of the church is a visible manifestation of the one spirit baptism. And if you get it, two things are going to happen. You're going to get the Holy Spirit and fire. And the fire relates to power. He said, go wait in, until I endue you with power. The Holy Spirit will come. So notice then, number three, it's an eternal fire. Now, natural fire, which is a phenomenon, it's a, we take these things for granted. Fire is a miracle of God. It's a phenomenon. But Proverbs 26.20 talks about without wood, the fire goeth out. And, and the principle is, if you want to stop an argument, quit feeding the fire. Never argue with a fool. Amen. You make your position. You stand with it. You refute. But you don't argue with a fool. Uh, a fool, because when you argue with a fool, you're putting fuel on the fire. It's just like pouring, putting dry wood on the fire. It gets hotter and hotter. So a soft answer turneth away wrath. It doesn't help to hit anger with anger. So you have oxygen. You need some type of wind. You need a spark to get it going. And then you need fuel. But when God showed up, it's a fire enfolding itself. And God was in the fire, these creatures, the wheel inside the wheel is inside the fire, and the throne of God is on top. And it says it went forth as lightning, 
And it also turned not when it went, so the wheels are inside the wheel, and it has a center line of power of fire shooting up and down from, it says, the belly, and it shoots up and down the center line. That's who God is. And, you know, I, I, I try to do this, I try to envision it the best way I can of what I know about stepping on shore and finding it heaven. And to think, what's it like? What's it really like? It's unspeakable. Full of, we, we can't even fathom in our limited, finite minds the greatness of God and the sufferings which we now endure are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. And when Paul was stoned and left for dead at Lystra and caught up to the third heaven, he said he saw things it's unlawful to even talk about it. It's so great you can't even talk. And it passes understanding. So if you think about it, you know, just envision the throne. Christ at the right hand of the Father on the throne. There are beasts above, below, side to side, crying out, Holy, Holy, Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Around the throne, there's a complete rainbow made out of emerald. Now, not like we see a half rainbow because of the horizon. A complete bow, and it's like an emerald. And there's, it's so amazing, there's lightning bolts shooting out of the throne. Now, if you've ever seen lightning strike close, it, it has a, a power that's unbelievable. Lightning bolts are shooting out. And there's voices, like the sound of many waters coming out. And then you have, before the throne, there's seven spirits of God. And I try to look. I'll count seven. And there they are, before the throne. And before the throne, there's the altar of incense. And this is this, the prayers of the saints, which is sweet, smelly, and there's incense and the smoke's coming up. And then before that, there's a sea of glass, like a molten looking glass mirror that is liquid metal, not like mercury, something greater than mercury, something unbelievable. And it's like liquid, but it's metal. And the saints of God are there standing on it, shouting glory and praising the Lord. And out of that throne, there's a river of gushing, the river of life, just blow, I mean, just unbelievable and eternal spring coming out of that thing, which makes the river of life. And the new Jerusalem has one street made of pure, transparent gold that you can see that light will pass through it. It's not opaque in its nature, but it's transparent. The tree of life, there's a boulevard which grows 12 manner of fruits, which is for the healing of the nations. And, uh, you know, you have the, the walled city and gates made out of one solid pearl with each of those has a name of Israel upon it. And those who pass from the, the new earth will have to go through the gate of the tribe that they proselytize to because God chose Israel to 
reveal himself to the world. But all that, which is too much for me to have. And it says, in my father's house are many mansions. Now, if you can't get along here, how are you going to get along with living with other people in the same house throughout eternity? One house, many mansions. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So you lay all that, get the scene of the vision, which is incomprehensible. I can't comprehend it. Then you have God. So you have these four creatures. Each one has four faces. And each one has four wings. And they, and they have their hands, two are like this, and then two are like this, hiding their wing. And it says when they take off, the wings just, it makes a sound of a rushing. And it's, we can't even comprehend it. And then all the other things we'll talk about, this wheel, they're riding a wheel inside of a wheel. So when they turn, they just do this. They don't have to turn like this. They just do this. And when they go, they shoot like a lightning bolt. And there's, it says underneath, there's coals of fire. So inside these wheels is coals of fire. And this fire goes up the center line, up these creatures, and on top. So each creature has four faces. We talked about all this, which depict Jesus Christ in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then on top of that is the throne of God. God's throne is on top of that. And it says it's like a, there's a halo up there. There's this circling. And then it says there's this powerful aura coming out. It's just unbelievable aura, three-dimensional, that's just so holy that nothing can get close to it unless God allows it. So what does the Bible say? When Adam and Eve sinned, they ate of the fruit of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. God put a cherubim with what kind of sword? A flaming sword that turned every which way so that no man could eat of that fruit of that tree or they would live forever because it was the tree of life. And God uses the cherubim to protect. So Lucifer the bringer of light, was the anointed cherub, singular. And when you study his name, it means to fence God in and all others out. So it's like a magnetic protective hedge, as we talk about, that keeps God in and everything and everyone else out. And then you have the seraph. And the word really means to burn. That's what the word means, to burn. And they fly, and they go and get coals off the altar. And they, even Isaiah needed this. They went and touched it with a hot, burning coal. Now, if you're saved, you've experienced this spiritually that 
when you came to God, you couldn't get to God. He's a fire, a consuming fire. You had to have the seraph take a coal and cleanse you so that you are worthy to come into the presence of God. That's their ministry, to burn. And so you'll see, we're out of time, this is all introduction, but what is the average apostate liberal church like today? Cold, dead, damp, no movement, stagnant, dry, dusty, stale, Where's the power? Where's the fire? And if you're saved, it's in you. Amen. It's in you. You want it to come on you. You want to serve God with your spirit. You want to muse and the fire will burn. You want to be hot. Not out of control, but you want to be intense. You want to be urgent. You want to be compassionate. Jesus was moved with compassion. But you ought to have what the Bible calls zeal. Amen. And you ought to have what the Bible calls righteous indignation. Something ought to make you mad. Yeah. And it ought to make you mad and you ought to get fired up about it. And if somebody else can't handle it, that's their fault. That's right. When God shows up, I conclude with the story guy used to come to church here. I really like him. Kind of a country guy. Tells a lot of good old stories. His daughter became a total liberal. She forsook her upbringing. She was brought up in Sunday school. Turned on God. Began to justify her compromise. Got involved with the wrong crowd. Her whole life was backward. And he would try to help her and Tell her, you know, I, I love you. I want you to come back and God will forgive you. And she kept justifying it and defending it. And after you justify and defend it, the next step is you'll promote it. So she started promoting this alternative lifestyle. All these weird things were going on in her life. And he realized she was lost. She needed to be saved. And she would, she really came to the realization, I don't, I don't even want to be saved. I don't want that anymore. Well, to make a long story short, he ended up the conversation and he said, you know, I see your position. I really feel sorry for you. You're breaking my heart. But here's the truth. You wouldn't want to go to heaven anyways. Because if you ever met God, you wouldn't like him. You just think about that a minute. They wouldn't like him if they met him. They wouldn't like him. They don't want the true, the living God. They want a God that they made up in their idolatrous mind. This is where we're at in apostate Laodicea of the end times. So, you know, when I read this, what is this fire and this wheel and this lightning bolt and what it it's God that's who God is you know just start reading it and try to picture it in your mind so we're through but think about the UFO phenomena 
the discs move by beyond all aerodynamics of modern aerospace technology start putting it all together hitler had the bell developed in world war ii the bell it was a bell that could levitate and just do it and uh i don't know if it's photoshop but i sent this thing recently on one of our new nuclear aircraft carriers there's one of those things sitting on it <laughs> but it's not the bell it's a triangle all right let's stand